What's up, everybody? How you doing? Wednesday, March 6, 2019. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Maybe, still, I haven't checked the only NFL podcast, only daily NFL podcast in the entire world. Exciting news. If you like your podcast on Spotify, oh yeah, we're there. You just go to Spotify and search Pick 6 and it, two words, and it'll show up. Um, I subscribed. If you listen to this, look, if you're, if you have a Spotify account and you like this podcast and you don't listen to your podcast on Spotify, which I don't, go to Spotify anyway and hit follow. And then maybe we'll get some followers and we'll look good. Um, this is that part where I beg you to do stuff so my bosses like me. Gonna have a big show today. Exciting show. Topless show. At least out in, uh, California where Sean, Sean Wagner McGuff wearing a, uh, a tank top. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I don't know if that's topless. Uh, a sleeveless, sleeveless, sleeveless show. How you doing? Yeah, I caught you I'm off guard. Good. I like how you were researching and then I yelled topless. You were like, huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, what? I thought I, I thought I misheard you and I was, I was gonna say, you know, people are gonna think you said topless, but it turns out it was intentional. I was. Yeah, maybe I, well, I'm not topless. I was gonna say maybe I'm topless, but you can see me. I'm wearing a uh, North Face hoodie for those that care. I'm drinking a Voodoo Ranger Liquid Paradise IPA from New Belgium. My buddy Chris Allen hooked it up. Uh, this thing tastes like uh, like Capri Sun. It's a seven. Is that ooh, good? Yeah, it's real. You want juicy, fruity IPA? Seven point eight percent. I had check it. I recommend checking this out if you can find it. I would under. not drink it as fast as you would drink a Capri Sun. I would not. I would not drink it with a straw either. You'll be wrecked. In theory. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of news. It's just this is going to be the franchise tag show. The franchise tag deadline was 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, March 5th. Um, anyone who was given a tag will have uh, until July 15th to work out a contract with their team that tagged them. If no deal, and you can be traded, of course. Um, if, if nobody is, if no, if, if the deal will get worked out by then. Then you cannot negotiate with that team for the rest of the year. And then anyone who wasn't tagged is going to be a free agent. So that's exciting news for some, unexciting news for others. We will also talk about, um, some other stuff in the news. For whatever reason, stuff got crazy late on Tuesday. Just one of those things that happens. And then we will break down some mock draft. Uh, Josh Rosen trades, as you and I both have mock drafts coming out in the next 48 hours, and I gave you one of my great ideas. I gave you a free idea to use in your mock draft. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. So, we now know who... Let's get into the news first. Um, actually, I guess the tags are kind of the news, aren't they? But yeah. I, th- I think the bigger news off the top of the program would be that the Ravens have released... Veteran safety Eric Weddle after three seasons, um, on a Brinson to Breach scale of shocking. Where does this, uh, where does this fall for you, Sean, in terms of the shock factor? I think seeing it initially, it was a 10. Um, but, you know, after you look at it, it starts to make sense. They save seven million, I believe seven and a half million. Mm-hmm. There were reports that they wanted to go after and keep CJ Mosley. And look, if the choice is a 34 year old, Future Hall of Fame safety, but who has slowed down versus, you know, a young linebacker who does a lot of things for them on that defense, really versatile. I think the choice is easy. Uh, Jason Locke and Fora, uh, reported that he wouldn't be surprised if they make a run for Tyron Matthew, uh, which I think would, you know, just getting a little bit younger there. I think that's probably a better fit. So I think it was shocking because I don't think anyone really saw it coming, but once they did it, I think you can justify it. And, you know, Eric Weddle is still a good player. He still has value. If he wants to keep playing, like a contender should sign him. Um, he can go ring chasing, but if the Ravens can get younger, I mean, this safety market now is incredibly deep. Yeah. And so they're going to find a replacement somewhere. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think in, in hindsight, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a great call by you. Um, Eric Weddle is a, is indeed a future Hall of Fame safety and he will probably be, I think he will probably get a deal on the market. Um, I don't think that he would be a top 10 free agent or anything like that. He has been a pro bowler the last three years. Uh, but clearly he's aged a little bit. Um, you know, I know I saw, uh, Andy Benoit tweet out that he's had more than two dozen coaches tell him that Eric Weddle and basically Weddle's ability to, um, to utilize his smarts because he's just not as fast. Um, and he's not as big a playmaker, of course, uh, to, um, you know, to, has helped create that Raven scheme. And I think that's interesting. 
But the old adage from Bill Belichick is that it's better to let a player go a year early than a year late. And I think the Ravens, if they'd kept Weddle one more season, he's 34, uh, you probably would have been keeping him one more year than you really wanted to. And if you can save the $7.5 million, you can probably bring in somebody like Honey Badger, as you mentioned, uh, as Jason Lockerfour reported, who has played extensively with Tony Jefferson, their other safety. And so that would make a lot of sense. It is, I don't know, yeah, I mean, like, it, Weddle's the big name. And I, so I agree with your point. Weddle, big name. Surprise, but maybe not a shock. I would not be, I would not be surprised at all, though, if he latched on, um, you know, somewhere, I don't know, like Pittsburgh or Carolina, the, a team that always has a knack for adding veteran safeties and, and, and bringing guys in on, on cheaper deals and hoping they can reclaim a little bit of magic in that veteran, uh, that, that veteran market there. Also in the news, and by the way, they didn't tag. We'll just mix the tags in here. They did not tag CJ Mosley, as you pointed out, which is, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if it's surprising or not. Like $15 million for an inside linebacker is just a lot, you know, and, and, and that price is created by the fact that somebody like Von Miller, um, and, you know, and somebody like Olivier Vernon, their salaries help create the top five salaries for the franchise tag for linebackers as opposed to pass rushers, right? Like they don't, they don't quantify. Yeah. That's why the, it seems like the franchise tag numbers should be edge and then, yeah, right. Because I was, you know, I was writing the Frank Clark, I can't remember who it was, and the difference between defensive ends and linebackers is like two million. It's less than two million. It's like 1.7 million. Yeah. But even still, I was just like, man, it it must suck to be listed at this versus this when they're playing the exact same role. So, well, I don't think it's surprising they don't, they didn't tag. Yeah. No, no, I was saying like if you did inside linebackers as a separate tag and then edge rushers, that inside linebacker tag would be like nine million dollars, and the edge rusher tag would be like twenty-one million dollars, and that's that's how big a swing it is. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're the Ravens, it's it's just hard to to do a um you know a fifteen point four four million dollar tag, which is yeah, it's it's just tough to do. And so they're gonna have to try and sign him. Mosley has been a tackling monster. Uh, throughout his career, when he plays 16 games, he's going to get 100 tackles, period, end of story. And I think that you could make a case um, that he is right up there with any of the linebackers uh, who will be free agents. You know, when you talk about you know traditional linebackers, maybe it's just him and K.J. Wright. You know what I mean? I don't know that Anthony Barr even necessarily qualifies. So Right. And he's younger than KJ Wright, so yeah. I think by far I would put him at the top of the list. Yes, I would be extremely interested in signing CJ Mosley if if I were if I were a free agent. I mean, I think he's one of the top ten or fifteen. Uh, in fact, yeah, I would rather have him than Wright for sure. Even though Wright's maybe even better. Prisco, I would... Prisco put him ten on his list of free agents, and if you go look oh, at that good, list of free go. agents, yeah. um, at least half of the top ten have been franchise tagged and re-signed. So I think he would right now be like fourth on that list. Is this so. where should I can I should I ask if we've updated that list to reflect that the um I, I don't think we have. But, okay, yeah. Uh, uh we should. Um at any rate, yeah. So he would be third, sorry, or fourth. He would be fourth? Yeah. Behind, yeah, that's uh, no, that's probably right. Trey Flowers uh Oh, but Prisco uh, doesn't Prisco doesn't put Le'Veon Bell on his top list. Get out of here with that. Pre- Wait, you didn't put him at all on the list? I mean, he's like, he's like 30 or something. He's like, I'm going to put him at 30. It's like, well, that's going to really piss some people <laughs> off. <laughs> it's good when Pete really got him. Uh, you mentioned Trey Flowers. The New England Patriots also declined to franchise tag any of their three available guys. Trey Flowers, Trent Brown, the offensive lineman. Trey Flowers, of course, the defensive lineman. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Steven Gaskowski. Meaning that all three guys are headed to free agency. This, the, the Patriots have now just used the tag twice since the, since the new CBA. Were you surprised that they didn't at least tag one of those guys? I think Trey Flowers would have been the guy, but I think, I'm sure what Belichick is thinking is that Flowers is a little bit of a product of his coaching and his scheme, and he's just going to go find the next guy who, um, wasn't thought of as a star and he's going to turn him into a star-like player. Belichick never over, never overpays. Um, and the tag usually is a one-year overpay. So, so now you mentioned how many times have they used it now? Twice? Twice. It's a new CBA since 2011. That's right. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's surprising, but I, I think you're going to see, I, I think Flowers could, I think Flowers is the guy they probably want back the most. 
But it wouldn't surprise me if Flowers signs somewhere and he's just not as productive as he was in New England. And that would be you know, Gostowski, also that would be also a trend that you see with Bill Belichick players. Exactly. And so in Gostowski, um, he made a big kick in the Super Bowl. He also missed one. So like I don't know if he. I feel like in the last couple of years he hasn't been quite as reliable um, as he once was. And um, he's thirty five now. I mean, is he really thirty five? Yeah. He's right, been on. So. He's been on the Patriots. I think now longer than Adam Vinatieri was on the Patriots. Right, right. Which is pretty crazy when you think about. Um, and if you look at like, uh, Vinatieri, when he left and went to Indy, he was 34. So it would lead me to believe that Bill Belichick, who again is smart at football, uh, may in fact have certain parameters and certain free agency beliefs when it comes to the position of kicker. This would mean, now look, they might go out and sign Goskowski for a one-year deal or something like that, but it'll be below below what he was going to make on that franchise tag. Or maybe they'll sign him to a two-year deal. We'll see. I think that you can absolutely bank on the Patriots trying to find another kicker. I mean, it's bananas how, um, you know, they, they had, uh, they had Goskowski from 90, I mean, they had, uh, Vinatieri from 96 to 2005. And then he left in 2006, and they replaced him with Goskowski, who's been there since 2006. And they've just been the kicker every single year. Um, you know, missed uh, eight games in 2010. Otherwise, very reliable. And I don't know. It, it um, the, the machine will churn on. Trip Brown, I thought I was not surprised at all they didn't tag him. That's a classic case of we gave him a fourth-round pick for you. We didn't think you were good enough to be our left tackle, but then you had to be our left tackle. And now – uh, we are not going to give you what you think the market will bear out, particularly with the franchise tag. I give credit to the Patriots for actually using the franchise tag in the way that it was intended by the CBA. How about that? How bold of you to give the Patriots credit for something? No, no, well, I don't. No. I, no, I mean, like they legitimately don't try and abuse the franchise tag because the 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 spirit of the rule, the franchise tag in the CBA, and it even says this sort of. I think is that it's you're you're supposed to. You're supposed to negotiate in good faith with the, you know, with the, whoever you tag. But like, why would you, if you write good faith in a labor, I mean, that, you know, somebody can dispute it. I don't know. The Patriots have been good about it. They haven't, they haven't been aggressive with the franchise tag. Um, you know, the way like somebody like the, the, the Panthers were with Josh Norman, where they clearly were not willing to even get involved in a negotiation with them and, and as such, uh, ended up, you know, like losing him on that, on that tag. What, um, Sounds like a good transition to talk about Landon Collins. It's a great transition to talk about Landon Collins. That's a great, great point. Sean. Was that intentional? It was. I was setting you up. Uh, this is your. They're actually they're moving me out. I don't know if you heard about this, Ryan. Did you did you hear about the prank that we pulled on Ryan at the? Uh, I did not. Oh, uh, you'll like this. So um, I probably will. Ryan had gotten a little bit of a big head at the combine. He's like prancing yeah, around, tie on, feeling good. Confident about what he was saying, meeting with, you know, meeting with people in the dark alleys of Indianapolis, um, also having business meetings and in, in elsewhere. In, in, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the, uh, Ryan had gotten a little confident. So I, I told, uh, Eric K, our boss, I said, Hey man, you should, uh, you should, you should email Ryan and be like, you know, th- oh, Ryan and John are going out with Port, one of our bosses. And he was like, I really like you guys on the pod. You know, I think we should definitely have more of that. And, and Ryan and John were like, yeah, yeah. I was like, if you guys want to toast, by all means, take it away. I get my marriage back. Um, and I told EK, I was like, you should, uh, email Ryan and tell him that you're st- you want to start a, uh, 365 day a year draft podcast. <laughs> and so <laughs> he like, Not enough herbal tea in the world. To he's, Ryan he slacks Ryan. Ryan's face is like this mixture of <laughs> like horror. But with like joy, cause, cause EK was like, you're going to take over the pick six podcast for the next two months. Brinson's not cutting it. Uh, we want to get more draft stuff in there. You guys are doing a great job. And it was like horror, but like excitement about Game of Thronesing me and there's all these different emotions and it, it played out in real time and I knew it was happening. And then, um, like three minutes later, I was like, you're being an idiot. You think they're getting my podcast? Get out of here. And, uh, and then, and then that was the story. So that was pretty good, huh? Well done. Thank you. Uh, Landon Collins, Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman once upon a time rescinded the franchise tag on Josh Norman, a, uh, 29-year-old cornerback at the time coming off a Pro Bowl season as the Panthers attempted to gather up the crippled pieces of their lives and get back to the Super Bowl. Um, it's, I think it sort of probably helped disrupt the locker room some. 
and the Panthers never got it back together. And now Dave Gettleman has decided not to franchise tag a 25-year-old former All-Pro safety coming off three straight Pro Bowls who admittedly is not perfect in coverage but is a pretty darn good safety. And um, my point to which many uh, fans on Twitter got be heard about was that Dave Gettleman's done this twice now with defensive backs, and at the same time he's drafted running backs in the top ten in back-to-back years, albeit with different franchises. I don't know. I look. I get it. If your if your valuation is if Bill Belichick let Landon Collins walk, we'd be like, well, clearly Bill Belichick knows something about Landon Collins that we don't. Uh, Dave Gettleman's easy fodder for the Twitter mafia. I get it. But come on, dude, you can't pay Alec Ogletree and pay Eli Manning and keep those guys around and let somebody like Landon Collins walk. There's no one. There's like two guys from the for the last like not counting 2018 or 2017, there's like two guys from the previous 10 draft classes uh, still on the Giants. It's a disaster. Yeah, and you can't use the positional importance argument, which is Landon Collins isn't as good in coverage. He's more of a thumper. Therefore, don't spend a lot of money on him because, you know, today's NFL is pass heavy. You can't use that when you're drafting Saquon Barkley second overall over Sam Darnold. So that goes out the window. And the difference is, is that if the Patriots were moving on from him, that's fine because the Patriots have a ton of other good players, um, from top to bottom. This Giants team is lacking serious talent and they just, they're letting a 25 year old one time all pro, um, and yes, border, borderline, been, borderline defensive player of the year candidate that year too. Yeah, yeah. In 2016. And that wasn't that long ago. And yes, he hasn't been as good since then. He's still been a good player. He's played in 59 of 64 possible games, so he's been relatively durable besides this last season. Um, 80 tackles per season, two interceptions, eight passes defended per season, just an, a good player. And, you know, the Giants didn't have to go and give him this five-year deal with a lot of guaranteed money. I mean, this is where I think you should be taking advantage of the franchise tag, which, you know, sucks for free agents. Um, you know, like the D Fords and all the, all those players who are coming off great seasons, but it's just a way for a team to control an asset for another year and see what they have in it and, you know, maybe trade them. Um, so I, I, I think it came as a bit of a shock. It wasn't entirely shocking because two weeks ago, uh, he cleaned out his locker, which Josina Anderson reported and immediately a bunch of reporters, uh, came out and were like, no, this isn't true. And Landon Collins goes on Twitter and says, I took everything that I needed. And I think that kind of spoke for itself. I don't think he wanted the tag. Um, you know, maybe Gettleman just wanted to avoid, you know, another fight, which it probably would have been because it sounded like Collins did not want to play under the tag. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think the Giants are in a position to let a 25-year-old player in his prime who is a good player just walk. Absolutely not. They're rebooting. I, I guess, I mean, I don't, I understand, like, maybe Dave Gettleman doesn't like to give out big contracts to safeties, I get it. He's a former high draft pick, um, again, he's been an all pro, and you're, are you rebooting, or are you not? Are you trying to make a run with Eli and, and this group, and Odell and Saquon, or, I mean, are, are you hitting the reset button? Is, cause if you're hitting the reset button, why is Alec Ogletree on your team? Why is Eli Manning on your team? Why aren't you trying to get a quarterback, a young quarterback? Why aren't you blowing up Steve Kimes' phone left and right about Josh Rosen? Bring Josh Rosen, a uh, a, a member of the chosen tribe, I might add, to New York. Did not work. I think that's a good fit mix. Is my crazy? I know. I'm with you. I think. I mean, the Giants. It wasn't that long ago. The Giants were in the playoffs, and then you know they are the example of how things, how quickly things can change in the NFL, where you don't have the ten year rebuilds. It's, you know, it's quick reboots, quick resets. And if they're intent on keeping Eli, mm-hmm. they have Saquon, who, yes, he has a good future, but as the Todd Gurley situation is showing us, these running backs don't have that long of futures. Like they, their primes can be over pretty quickly, uh, with just one injury. So it doesn't make sense for them. If they already passed on a quarterback last year and they seem to be intent on keeping Eli, you know, why are you getting rid of a player? who can help now and also be a part of a long-term future, you know, because he's 25 years old. So, no, I'm with you. It, it doesn't really make sense, except it is Dave Gettleman, and I think when Lock and Four was ranking the probability of all these guys getting tagged, he was, you know, noting that, that this is, like, the one GM who doesn't want to do this. But it seemed like a necessary evil that he would embrace this time. Just didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't. Um, can I tell you a quick story that I think you'll think is enjoyable? 
So I'm driving to uh, preschool pickup, and I'm pulling through the parking lot of our church where preschool is. And I see this, it's like a Yukon fest in there. I mean, it's like SUV, it's an SUV party. Like there's just, you got Yukon, like you could never tell like whose car is whose, uh, outside of like the bumper stickers, right? And I see this, you see this Yukon with a gigantic rainbow sticker on it. I was like, what is that? I looked a little closer, it's like, holy crap. It is a unicorn being hit in the face with a football. And it says, I suck at fantasy football on the, on the sticker. I would have liked that story, but I saw you tweet it. Okay, well, nobody, maybe the people <laughs> in here. Um, and, uh, and so I start, I, I posted it on, on Instagram too, of course, cause it's, you know, a funny picture. That's where the kids do on the IG. And, uh, Stu Farrell, my, my buddy pointed out that, uh, it's the, the guy who's sticker uh, is Matt, this guy named Matt, Matt, Matt Wiggs. I mean, like I'm naming people you don't know, obviously. Um, but, you know, friends of ours from around here. And essentially he finished dead last in his fantasy football league. And he has to have this on the back of his car for a year. I mean, it's, this is brilliant. This should be happening more often. So Matt Wiggs, I salute you for driving around Raleigh in this giant unicorn. I suck at fantasy football sticker. I got to get this happening in one of my leagues. Like if you finish last, if you go over, you got to rock that sticker. What do you think? I like it. Um, I've actually never been in a league that punishes. I haven't, I haven't either. I like it. We've always talked about it, but then people are just too lazy and getting around to it. But I do know there was a friend who was in a group that the last place had to take a photo of themselves and post it on like a rate me Reddit subreddit where people like Ooh. bash you or it's like a bashing one or like Tinder uh, or something like, like, like some married guys got to, I don't know, maybe not. Is there like a rating thing on the, these dating apps that kids use these days? Oh, no, no, no I don't know. Okay. It, there's no rating. But like, you, it, oh, they post it on Roast Me, which is a subreddit where people tweet selfies and like the comments are supposed to roast you. Oh my God. <laughs> another person I know was in a group where the loser had to get drunk in the morning and then go take the SAT. So they would sign up for the <laughs> SAT. That's pretty good. That's brutal. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds awful. I just don't even think I want to like, I, like, I haven't taken the SAT in, uh, uh-uh. yeah. over, well, my son is busting up in here right now, over a decade, oh, over 20 years. What I'm talking about, it's been 20 years since I've taken the SAT. Would you think I should give him my telephone, Sean? Should I give him my telephone? Probably. Get out of here. Go downstairs. Um, little snook. Learning to take swimming lessons, very exciting stuff. So I had to give him, uh, you know, whatever he wants right now. Anyway, um, moving along to stuff that doesn't involve preschool and Sean. Who else, who else got tagged? Who am I missing here? Uh, Frank Clark. Uh, let's go. Who didn't get tagged? There's some other surprising non-tag. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Well, that's not surprising. We knew he wasn't going to get tagged, but he is in the non-tag list. Um, would you say that Le'Veon Bell is the best free agent out there? Other options could be the aforementioned Trey Flowers, Earl Thomas, Nick Falls. Uh, I mean, I think he's the most talented player there. But if you're factoring in age and in, in, in money, then then no. Then I would say um, C.J. Mosley would be up there for me. I mean, I think Landon Collins is up there for me, and I think Trey Flowers uh, not to agree entirely with Prisca's list because that's pretty much the order in which I named those players. Uh, he's the most talented player, but if you're factoring in age and contract and uh, you know positional importance, I don't think you can put him at the top. Uh, I'm with you on that, but I do think that I would pay Le'Veon Bell a lot. I would pay Le'Veon Bell a decent amount of money. It allows it's not like 130 million or something stupid. Like I would give him. Something related to Todd Gurley money. By the way, I heard PTI today, uh, Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, long running show. Been, I've been watching that show since like, I um, used to come home from high school and pass out on the couch. They mentioned, them. they mentioned John Breach's story today. Didn't say was, John Breach, just said CBS Sports. Uh, but they, uh, they mentioned his, uh, stem cell story. So that was exciting. Um, at any rate, yeah, I would, I would pay Le'Veon Bell. If I was somebody like the Jets and had a young quarterback, I'd be totally down with that. Uh, also, 
not getting the franchise tag. Was that was that it? I think that's it in terms of guys who Donovan didn't... Smith got a got an extension instead of the tag. That's right. He which, did, yeah. and it kind of seems like an overpay for yeah. the Bucks. Seems like a major overpay for the Bucks, <laughs> but they're desperate to protect Jameis Winston. They're desperate. Can you hear this freaking music coming through? Yeah. Um they're desperate to get uh <laughs> they're desperate to get a uh protection for Jameis Winston. <laughs> That's probably a violation of copyrights. Hold on, pal. Oh, oh my god. Go downstairs. Don't ever have kids, Sean. Don't get married, don't have kids. Just stay single. Done. Um just kidding, I love my child. Um love my wife too. This the, is definitely not the first time you've said that to me on this podcast, and definitely not the first time you said that to me off the podcast. It's the first time I said it to you in like the last three hours. <laughs> uh, last hour. At any rate, um so yeah, looking at guys who did get tagged, the NFL helpfully sent out a full list of guys. It only ended up being six guys who got the uh who got the tag. Grady Jarrett of the Atlanta Falcons, I think that's a no brainer. They're pretty far apart though on a deal. Um from everything you hear. And Grady Jarrett to me, I would be careful if I'm the Falcons here. And and they're in a tough spot because they need they they need him to play and they need him to be out there because they need their defense to be good. Um but Grady Jarrett made less than three million on his rookie contract. He's not gonna be thrilled about playing uh for the franchise tag, you know, even though he's making fifteen point two oh nine million uh, for a single year, I, I think he would like a long-term deal because he didn't want to break his leg this year and then get screwed in the open market. So I wouldn't, I think there's a deal to be done there, but it's going to be on, it's going to be, um, the impetus is going to be the Falcons to pony up if they want to do it. Same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. They franchise tag to Marcus Lawrence. He, um, you know, the, the tag for defensive ends is 17.128 million, but because he's playing two years in a row on the tag, I think he's at 21 million dollars. And, uh, the, I'm telling you, they're a long way apart. I don't know if, I know that all these Cowboys people are like, a deal's gonna get done. They'll hammer it out. It's fine. I don't know about that. He wants between like, he wants to get borderline Khalil Mack money. And the Cowboys don't want to give it to him, but he has, he has the leverage knowing if he plays one more year on the tag, and then gets in the open market, then he would, he would get way more than that. Like he would, he would get more than Khalil Mack if he was a true free agent, don't you think? Do you think the Cowboys should, should give him that contract? Not Khalil Mack. I think they should give him something between Von Miller and Khalil Mack. 21 million a year. So why aren't they? They're trying to get him on 19 million a year. They're trying to give him Chandler Jones money. He wants, he wants. Are they just being cheap? Like, I don't know. I see. I know they have extensions coming up with you know Dak and Zeke at some point, but Zeke has the option and Amari Cooper and Byron Jones in theory. I think that the Cowboys. Here's the problem. Jerry goes out there. He's like, "We're gonna pay him. We're gonna pay him. We're gonna pay him. Oh, we're gonna make it rain on Dak. Dak's the greatest in the world. I take him number one. I love Dak so much. Oh my God, Zeke Elliott. We will. We will give him. Uh, we will run him till the cows come home. Todd Gurley ain't got no money compared to Zeke Elliott. Believe me, son. We will pay him." Um, and, and then, and then there comes the negotiations. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not giving you that much, pal. Take it down. Um, and, and so I think that that to me is the Cowboys problem. They present something publicly to make their fans happy and they present something entirely different, uh, privately in order to, um, you know, try and minimize the amount that they spend and try and be tough negotiators. And I'm telling you, I don't think the, I don't think DeMarcus Lawrence is going to take less than Von Miller money. So that might be a tough negotiation for the Cowboys. Um, Quick question. Yes. Um, I was thinking about this because they, they do have a lot of contracts coming up and they're not, they're probably not going to give all those players the contracts. You know, Dak will probably be for sure one of them. Zeke will be for sure one of them. But would you rather give Demarcus Lawrence his, the contract he wants over Zeke the yes. contract he wants? Hell Which is, yes. It's never going to happen. Right. But like, if there's an actual choice, I would rather have Demarcus Lawrence, I think, getting paid what he wants versus Zeke getting paid what he wants on this next year. You're going to be, you're going to cheat Demarcus Lawrence out of three, like four or five, four or five million dollars when you pay Jason, Jason Witten three and a half million dollars? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, to David Clowney of the Texans, tagged as a linebacker, that could certainly change. Again, this is we talk about the intricacies of the franchise tag. Um, you know, his his uh, tag number is fifteen point four four three million. The, the Texans might be screwed there because they already gave him more money last year on his fifth year option in order to um, in order to facilitate just make things easier and, and basically admit that he's a defensive end, um, pass rusher, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, 
I don't know that they're going to work out a deal either. James Clowney's agent is uh, Bus Cook, I believe, and he typically gets Jay Cutler's agent. Jay Cutler's agent, Bus Cam Newton's agent. Bus Cook doesn't get doesn't get bad deals for his clients. He gets big money for his clients. It's all fully guaranteed. Um, and he knows how to utilize leverage. Brett Favre's old agent, and I just don't think he's going to take less than max dollars for Jadavion Clowney. I don't know if he can give him max dollars given his injury history. I could see a, tra- a, a, a tag and trade situation here. I could also see you know one year with Clowney on the tag. They try and make a run with JJ Watt and Clowney. Hope they stay healthy again for 16 games and then let him walk into free agency. Uh, former number one overall pick, of course, Jadavion Clowney. D Ford tagged by the Chiefs. Uh, apparently a tag and trade opportunity there as well. He got a linebacker tag, could potentially look for defensive end money or additional money uh, as well because he's a pass rusher. Robbie Gold, nobody cares. And uh, Frank- Hey, the Bears fan here, clearly that, that was a big blow. You were hoping to get him, right? Yeah, I mean, that was the obvious solution. But Yeah, and um, Frank Clark, uh, defensive end for the Seahawks. No surprise there. The, the Seahawks couldn't let him walk. They need him as one of the young pieces of the defense. I, I could see Frank Clark getting paid if he's willing to take a little bit less um, than the I Seahawks. Think they, the Seahawks. Oh, and by be... the way, excuse me. I said July 15th. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, that's right. That is right. Okay. 22nd is transition tag. There you go. Um, real quick on Frank Clark. I think the Seahawks are going to be really eager to get some sort of deal done, not just because they probably want him to have a lower cap hit this year, but also because Russell Wilson's going to be up next year and they need to make sure they have that tag just for Wilson. Because if Clark plays under the tag and explodes for 15 sacks, mm, suddenly, you know what I mean? Then suddenly you have two guys you might need. You, to at that point, you just have to let, if you don't have, a, if you don't have Russell Wilson done, you just have to let Frank Clark go. Right, right, or give him the huge deal then, but, you know, I think now is when you want to sign him because he's not going to be as expensive. He's not getting a Khalil Mack deal. Right. So I think you can get him really for, you can get him for, something. for less than Chandler Jones money. Yeah. So I think they're going to be really eager to lock him up. I think that, uh, so I, they have the tag for Wilson next year. I think that is a, uh, that is a good call. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about some mock drafts, other news from around the NFL and some Josh Rosen trade rumors. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, we're back. Let's talk. What do you want to talk? News? You want to talk? What do you want to talk? You want to talk? You want to tell, you want to tell people how I choked about stealing your mock draft idea? Sure. Do you, do you want me to tell the story? Because no, I, we don't I, I feel story. like. Um, actually, no. Here's what we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about Charlie Casserly. Charlie Casserly's comments about Josh Rosen. Um, I don't know that we have. We I could try and play the clip. Do we want to hear the clip, or would you rather me just read him? You can just read it. Yeah, I think so, too. Can you do an impression? Yeah, I actually can do a Charlie Cashley impression. <laughs> now, see, well, he better hope Kingsbury takes him one, because no, that just sounds like that Jerry was, Jones. I, that doesn't sound like him at all. Yeah. How, can you do a Charlie Cashley impression? I, I'm terrible at impressions. I can't do any Let's impressions. Let's see if we can do. All right, well, so basically, Charlie Cashley was on um, NFL Network and was asked about 
you know, Casterly has been a GM of the Redskins, a GM of the Texans. He's the guy who drafted uh, David Carr number one overall over Mario. Oh, no, excuse me. Did he take David Carr? Yeah, he took David Carr. Yeah, 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 yeah. He took David Carr one overall in the expansion year. And he was asked about Kyler Murray, what the buzz is, what he's been hearing from his, his, uh, GM buddies out in, uh, Indianapolis. And, you know, look, Brady Quinn said on this podcast yesterday that he's heard weird, he's heard some bad things about Kyler Murray on the, um, in terms of what he's done on the whiteboard. Pete Prisco was sort of echoing similar sentiments about Kyler Murray and his struggles on the whiteboard. So it's not entirely surprising that you would, um, you know, that you would hear from other people that, that Kyler Murray maybe didn't have a fantastic combine. And I mean, from a personal perspective, I wasn't surprised that Kyler Murray maybe got bashed a little bit because he didn't have a, uh, he didn't have a great podium session. It wasn't very impressive. And then Charlie Casserly joined Andrew Siciliano on some NFL Network program, maybe up to the minute. Thanks for this reason, uh, Andrew. Uh, I talked to a team today, and they confirmed that Cardinals are shopping Josh Rosen. If you're shopping Josh Rosen, you have to first pick. kind of says you might have already decided you're taking Kyler Murray. Now, in the interview process, I talked to a coach in Indy who was interviewed. They stressed that Josh Rosen was going to be their quarterback. This person mm. wasn't excited to hear that. He didn't get the job. So, however, if you're going to take... Uh, I don't know what he's talking Kingsbury about. There. I didn't get and that. He's already said this is the best quarterback in the draft, and he fits his system. You get, if you're going to buy Kingsbury, and what you're buying with Kingsbury is creative offensive thinking. I would guess that's how you. He play. sounds like an and older buy, uh, Cameron from Ferris too. Bueller. You might as well marry the two of them because two years from now, Rosen may not be working out for him because the two of them don't mesh. Get to the point, Charlie. Buy half right. the uh, story. Buy the rest of it. All right, Charlie. So, so you're saying <laughs> so Siciliano cut him off too. Shopping him. Peter King wrote this morning or yes. yesterday on the MMTV. This clip has backfired on It really has. Well, he thinks that it's all speculation unless you know what a team situation is. I mean, what the, the Cardinals can argue anything they I want, fast and forward if they don't get anything, they got two quarterbacks. That isn't all bad either. But this guy, where would you put this guy in this year's draft? That's one concept you have to look at. Yeah, he and last year. If we continually say this is insane. Like the the union. <laughs> quarterback in the draft, we can't say we knew Mayfield was going to have the year he had. So you have to think. I don't think he's going to say it. Depends on you know how desperate a team is to get. A he didn't even say it in the freaking clip. They didn't even use it in the clip. Are you kidding me? They have a two-minute well, video on NFL.com. Here's what he said. James well, Palmer did tweet what he said. They, they have no. It's in the story below it. I mean, okay. how how is I it not? How is it not clipped? How is that not part of the clip in the two-minute video? I apologize to everybody for hearing that much Charlie Casserly. Uh, well, you better hope Kingsbury takes him number one because this is not good. This is the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. I've probably been doing it longer than you're alive. Anyway, okay. Uh, anyway, leadership, not good. Study habits, not good. Board work, below not good. Not good at any of those areas and raging major concerns about what this guy's going to do now. Now, people say, we're going to compare him to Patrick Mahomes. We're going to run an offense like Mahomes. We're going to run an offense like Baker Mayfield. Well, you can't. Those guys are much different. Those guys, you never question about their ability on the board. You never question about their leadership ability, their work habits. They were outstanding in those areas. This guy is not outstanding in those areas. It showed up in the interview. Why would you not have that clip in the freaking, why would you not have that quote in the freaking clip? That drives me nuts. Um, anyway, he bashed Kyler Murray. Bad. Bad, I say. I, I thought my Charlie Cashley was pretty good. He's like a, it's like a, like, uh, Elmer Fudd meets, um, uh, Jerry Jones. Yeah, it's a little bit less distinct than your Jerry Jones, which is, I think, with the impressions, you got to go a little bit overboard. Like you've got to overdo it. Charlie so Cashley's Yeah, that's a good. It's point. harder because it's it's more a little bit more normal. That's a good point. Um, anyway, Cashley used to work at CBS. We used to have to uh, transcribe his comments. At any rate, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very exciting stuff. Uh, back in the early blog days. So anyway, his point is, and Cashley is getting raked. Over the Twitter coals now, because this is how Twitter works in 2019. If you don't like somebody that everybody is convinced is a, a star, you are going to get thrashed and Castle sort of getting thrashed, um, because of these comments. But look, these are viable comments. I mean, he, t- he talked to multiple teams, um, who said that, and, and again, if we hear this from Brady, we hear this from Pete, that, that, uh, that Kyler Murray was not good on the board. That's a pretty big concern, don't you think? Yes, um, and I don't – the thing about attacking 
Charlie Casserly. It's, this isn't his opinion. He is, you know, merely reporting uh, what teams are telling him. So he's not the one bashing Kyler Murray. He is just, you know, he's the messenger, you know, giving us what teams think of him. I think the key is that who are the teams saying this? Because, uh, mm. you know, I'm not saying this is incorrect. I'm not saying teams don't believe this, but for teams to tell someone in the media this who's going to get it out to everyone, you know, there has to be an agenda. You know, is it a team that wants Kyler Murray to fall a little bit? Because if, if the Cardinals don't take him, you know, I don't think he's a for sure top 10 pick. There's there's already concerns about his height before any of this came out. And, and there, you know, for all the hype about Josh Rosen getting traded, like, I think there's still a chance the Cardinals don't get an offer they want for Josh Rosen. Then they decide we're not going to give away Josh Rosen for free. And then they don't take um, Kyler Murray. So I, I think it's impossible to know how this will impact his stock um, because I, I just don't know who are the teams saying this. If, um, if it's a team, you know, like the Dolphins or the Bengals sitting there, um, after 10 who want Kyler Murray to follow them, um, you know, that might not matter because if it's not the Raiders who think this and the Raiders are sitting there at four, they'll take them. So it just, it depends who's saying this, why it matters. Um, I don't, I, I just tend to think throughout this draft process, this happens every year with someone or, uh, with multiple players is there's so much time to scrutinize and, you know, we look at what he did in this interview on a whiteboard. Well, why don't we go look at what he did at college? And isn't that more important than what he said in an interview? You know, some people aren't good test takers. Some people aren't, you know, good interviewers. That doesn't mean they're going to be bad, you know, once they get into a system. And, you know, once you get into the NFL, um, you have to study. And um, I don't know. I find it hard to believe he's going to be like a Jamarcus Russell taking home the the tape and pretending to watch it and not really. So yeah. um, I don't know. This to me doesn't mean as much as it's being made out to be. To me, this is the inevitable cycle um, of the draft process. Uh, I'm with months. you. Look, there's nobody out there. Even Andrew Luck got bashed some, you know, in the, in the media when, when, I mean, like there were people questioning certain things about Andrew Luck. Um, I was reading just really quickly, uh, Mike Florio's piece going into, you know, you don't often see Florio right on pro football talk more than, um, uh, 500 words, right? I mean, like, like typically, I mean, I'm not, not just typically speaking a shorter post, right? He wrote a long one on Charlie Cashley, sort of bashing him. And at the end, he linked to a story, and I forgot about this, this is from 2010, um, early blog days. Who's been wrong more than Charlie Casserly since he left the Redskins? His percentage is like a meteorologist, Bill Belichick said, <laughs> based on a, uh, a Charlie <laughs> Casserly. In fact, Charlie Casserly was working at CBS at the time. Um, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> Good for him. I should probably stop talking now. Um, at any rate, the, um, yeah, it, this is, this is stirred up. The, what, what I think has happened, Sean, with this Kyler Murray stuff and this Josh Rosen stuff, it's perfect for, for this type of season. It's two polarizing quarterbacks. One guy who's very polarizing last year in Josh Rosen for his millennial attitude. One guy this year in Kyler Murray who's a one year wonder in terms of his production as a starter. He's an African American quarterback. He's sure. mobile. Short. He comes from a Big 12 offense. He, you know, he, he, there's this whole thing with Kingsbury having, uh, propped him up as the best guy in the, in the, in, in, in the, in the country, um, earlier this year before Kingsbury even knew he'd have the job. The Cardinals, even though they're not a very, uh, sexy franchise, are certainly a team that, you know, has drawn some attention by signing Kingsbury, by hiring Kingsbury, firing Steve Wilkes after a year. They have the number one overall draft pick. It's a hotbed, perfect storm. Of, um, of NFL, uh, poop flinging, right? Like throw it against the wall, see what sticks and let's, let's, uh, let's move on. And frankly, we're here to revel in it. Let's, let's get in the, let's get in the, you know what a sty is? A what? A sty. Is a sty no. like a, a, a pen? Like a, like a, like, like a mud, like a pig pen? Let's get down in the mud. Let's, let's roll around in it. Let's do that. It, we're, and, we're, and to a degree, I think it's fine because I, I think maybe Kyler Murray has been hyped up a little bit too much after, you know, Baker Mayfield and it seems like maybe an overreaction because I think he's being talked about in some ways, you know, like the Baker Mayfield of his class. And I think Baker Mayfield far and away was the better prospect um, at this point a year ago and certainly looks that way based on what he did in his rookie year. So, you know, maybe it's fine. Maybe it will lead people, you know, back towards the middle, back towards the center on him because it feels like his stock has risen so much. Um, and I don't know if 
I don't know if it should be as high as it is. And I'm not, I like him. Um, and, um, I don't know if he's my number one quarterback in the draft, but mm. he's certainly in the mix for that. Who's um, your number one? Um, I mean, it's not, definitely not Drew Locke. Um, Dwayne Haskins. It's probably, it's probably Murray. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I, I don't think, I definitely don't like this class nearly as much as I did last year's, which is why whenever we talk about Josh Rosen, I keep on saying if he was coming out this year, he would be my number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and, and, well, but to that point, if you were t- like, I, um, I did this before the, before the combine, let's just say I was precision. I mean, precision, uh, did I say that wrong? Um, I was smart because it's prescient. Prescient. I knew I missed something there. <laughs> it's been a long day, man. Um, let's just say that after I posted my mock draft, it started getting a little reported that that might be the case. That the Redskins might try and trade for Josh Rosen. I even mentioned it at Redskins.com before the report came out. I'm, just, I'm not saying I know. I'm not saying that I knew. And then I, cause I would, you know, maybe I would have reported that if I knew. All I'm saying is that I put it in the mock draft and bam, it starts coming out there as a real report. So I think that's interesting. At any rate, um, I said, I like the idea of the Redskins trading the 15th overall pick for Josh Rosen and then the Cardinals having one and 15. To me, that makes a ton of sense. Also today, Tom Fernelli. I know you listen to this podcast. You're doing stealing my thing, man. Coming out of the combine. Get out of here with your mock draft. That's my mock draft. Uh, but you are going to send. And this won't be coming out for two days, but people can check it out on CBSSports.com. You're sending Josh Rosen somewhere else. Tell us, where are you sending Josh Rosen? I'm sending him to a team that doesn't need him next year. Uh, maybe the next five years. years from now. <laughs> yeah, um, but a team that desperately needs to start planning for the next phase or the long-term future. And look, you have Peter King coming out and saying, uh, that a renowned GM is saying that the Cardinals aren't going to get the value they think they're going to get. He puts the value at a third round pick. To me, I think that's, I think that's way too low. Um, I think at the very least they'll be able to get a second round pick and I think they should be aiming for a first round pick because they traded up to number 10 to get him. And so I look at a team in the back end of the draft like the Patriots and the Patriots mm. don't often even use their picks at the end of the first round. And I think if you were able to go to Arizona, um, and certainly Arizona would try to get a team like the Redskins involved so they can get the 15th pick. But if they can't get that, which is what Peter King is saying is going to happen, sure. and the Patriots say, we'll give you the 32nd pick, suddenly the Cardinals are armed with the first pick, 32nd pick, and then they're armed with the 33rd pick, um, which, you know, just be like a fantasy snake draft there. So I love that idea. And I think Rosen, I mean, I, the knock, the thing about Rosen is that he just hasn't had a stable environment, you know, even going back it was to It's a disaster. Way. Yeah. I mean, he's never yeah, had a good offensive line. He goes. Yeah. And he's regarded as a really obviously intelligent person. Why not go put him up there with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick? I think if anyone's going to unlock, uh, his potential, I think it's them. And I think the Patriots are in this weird position where they can't overreach for a quarterback in the future because they have to do everything in their power to keep trying to win right now because you got to win as many Super Bowls as you can as long as Tom Brady is playing. But if Rosen falls into the lap available for a 30-second pick, again, we're talking about a guy who might be the who might have been the first pick in this draft if this past year in Arizona hadn't happened. And if you look at everything that happened, a lot of it was not his fault. Um, and so this could just be one of those situations where the rest of the NFL is going to be groaning about how did this happen? How did the Patriots get Josh Rosen for the number 32 pick? And then Rosen sits uh, for a year. and Two years, whatever. I mean, he's only played one year. You, he is dirt cheap over the next four years. Exactly. And no one should discount the idea, you know, even though Brady didn't do the retirement flirtation this year, he if they win another Super Bowl, he could retire. I mean, I, sure. you know, I think with all those Facebook Live videos about talking about, about how many more Super Bowls he wanted to go to. I think he wants to play until he's 45. I mean, like, you can use it, you can trade for Rosen. He doesn't cost anything. He costs you a late first-round pick. He's dirt cheap for three years. Then you can use the fifth-year option on him. Then you can franchise tag him if you need to, if you're desperate to keep him around. And I, I just, I, I like the idea. I mean, I, if I were the Patriots, I'd do it in a heartbeat. And there's, and not to mention, there's a chance if Peter King's report is accurate, the the Patriots I think have two or three third round picks. Yes, no, um, they have, they have, uh, yeah, they have, they have tons of picks. 
It'd be very easy to do. And so if they're, if the Cardinals aren't getting anything in the first two rounds and they still want to move Rosen, which who knows if they still want to move Rosen, that's the case. But if they do, offer them two third round picks. Like that would be the steal of the century. Or a second and a second and a third and just. Right. And I wouldn't even rule out giving them the 32nd pick and the third round pick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out that either. I think that makes a ton of sense. You get Rosen. Rosen would, uh, no, I, lo- I love the idea. The, uh, the idea for mine, very quickly, that you can read right now on CBSSports.com, because today is, uh, in fact, Wednesday. Wednesday's my mock draft day every other, every other Wednesday. Uh, send the Raiders trade up from number four to number one. They buy into the smoke screen. They give up number four and number 20, 24, and then maybe a, a second round pick, or maybe a third round pick and move up. Three spots to get Kyler Murray, Steve Kimes smokescreen work. They roll with Josh Rosen. They get an extra bounty of picks to move down a couple of spots. They land a stud, neither Josh Allen, Quentin Williams, or Nick Bosa, uh, in addition to all the picks they have. And Kyler Murray becomes a member of the Oakland Raiders. Your thoughts? I like that better for the Cardinals. I, I think yeah. that, for me, would be, if I were the Cardinals, that's what I would be trying to do with all of this noise. I'd be looking at Cliff Kingsbury's comments in November being like, oh, this is perfect. Now we can fool some team into thinking that we're actually considering him when we're happy with Josh Rosen and Kingsbury likes Josh Rosen. You have the Raiders who can move up because they've acquired all these picks. Tons of picks. And if the, if the Cardinals move back to four, they're going to get one of those three you know, stu- seven guys. If Kyler Murray goes first, you're getting one of the three studs. Right. And that's, and, yeah. And, and so like, yes, you would rather have, um, Bosa if possible, but if you're getting an extra first round pick and instead of Bosa, you're getting Josh Allen or Quentin Williams or, you know, someone like that, I think you'd rather do that. And then this is a deep draft with edge rushers as we've seen in every single mock draft. And then you get, you can take another edge rusher, um, with the, what's the Bears pick? What number is that? 27. 24 no, is the Cowboys and 27 is the Bears. No, 27 is the Cowboys. Oh, really? The Cowboys went, the Cowboys went to the divisional round. That they did. The Bears certainly did not go to the divisional round. Oh yeah, the, yeah, that's right. The Bears lost at first. Uh, yeah, so I guess 24 is the Bears, 27 is the Cowboys. And, and whenever I'm doing these mock tracks, every single time with one of those picks in the 20s with the Raiders, I'm always mocking an edge rusher mm-hmm. going to them. So the Cardinals could, you know, get Quentin Williams, say, uh, with the fourth pick and then take an edge rusher, you know, with 24. I love it. All right. There it is. Those are the mock draft breakdowns. Uh, I don't think we missed anything. If we did, don't worry. We'll be back tomorrow to uh, to catch it. Jason Lockerford are going to join the show on Thursday. And maybe we'll drag Ryan Wilson out. We'll do some more mock drafts because Ryan hadn't done this podcast enough. In the meantime, follow Sean on Twitter at Sean J. Wagner. Great takes on there. Good sports takes, some music takes as well. And uh, thanks as always, buddy. 